Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on Demand. No! The Bucks and the Chiefs. Super Bowl 55. And even the most hardened, grizzled football vets are saying, yeah, this is the best matchup of all time. How about that? I've made a prediction that Tampa Bay will win by seven. I'm saying seven. Lynch, what's yours? Tampa Bay Buccaneers by 12. And Tom Brady will be the player of the game. A stomping, huh? This is the Rod Peterson Show. <laughs> Lynch. I had no idea Lynch called it. Till just now, John Frenzy called it. Wow, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show, and welcome to what I guess would be the first day of the offseason. John Swami Lynch. (laughs) We got to get him the lid. John Swami Lynch. Welcome, everybody. Cold enough for you? It's episode number 416. Of Canada's daytime sports talk show, The Six. If the uh, furnace goes out, which happened to me at quarter to five this morning, yeah, the furnace goes out. Uh, it was actually Director Jordan that taught me check the air filter if it's plugged up. And was it? Oh yeah, and that oh, was it. Good for him. Perfect. I got a quick story for you before I jump into all of what we're going to get into here. Now I'm bringing up YouTube Live. I was unable to share on Facebook. It's crazy. I don't know. I'm going to try and converse with you people as the show goes along as well as I can. But speaking of conversing, uh, what is it? Minus 54-ish? With the wind chill, it's, yeah, it's minus 54, 55 this morning. Um, just insanely cold. I'm and when you, to... get, you get scared when you wake up at 4.30 in the morning and the furnace isn't working and the, oh, yeah. the temperature is dipping like, to 60 degrees Fahrenheit in the house. It's not like we need a ton of how cold is it jokes or stories here but i just want to tell you a little story it is minus 46 with a wind chill right now and for the american viewers that's around minus 20 ish fahrenheit uh so yeah i say hi to everybody this morning i'll get to your comments but as i was leaving the house dudes the mailman came by okay okay obviously dressed like the abominable snowman his eyelashes were frozen like little chunks of ice right yeah and he wants to talk (laughs) and i'd already had the open door uh, yes yes (laughs) and i'd already had my car running a couple of times there's something with my gmc terrain from capital auto mall that if you run the remote start twice it won't run a third time i see so you got to go out and physically start it i'd already run it twice 40 minutes So i'm standing there i got the door open and can i say it again the mailman wanted to talk in minus 46 degrees. Because I'm thinking, well, what the hell? He's thinking, I've been walking around all morning. I got a sweat built up, right? <laughs> I just came out of the, I just got out of the steam, man. You're, I'm getting rid of all of that hotness from me as I stand here and talk to you about the Super Bowl, which is a lot of our topics here in the Quick Six are things that he brought up. Yeah. But I think it was a bit of a concern. This guy probably in his 50s. 
He didn't want to talk about the CFL. He didn't want to talk about the NHL. He wanted to talk about the NFL, the Super Bowl, and Brady should retire, and Drew Brees shouldn't. This is the conversation we're having in minus 46, just so you know, right in front of my house. Un- minus 46. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I got the door of my terrain open, so all that hot air that had been accumulated yep. is coming out. I'm like, dude, I don't want to be that guy. I got to go back to the steam now. <laughs> I know, but he just said Tom Brady's one hit away from being <clears throat> paralyzed. So why uh, why would he keep playing? I'm like, I just think he's addicted to the money. He wants to keep playing. And maybe that would have been a great poll question. Should Tom Brady retire? But anybody that's worked in sports for a long time and been around the athletes, as if you can still play, you should play. Don't you think? Yeah. Like Charleston Hughes, until they tell him you can't play anymore, you should play. I Yeah, and... You know, you can never speak for everybody, but I'm sure the vast majority and likely everybody at some point in their post-playing career misses it. At some point they miss it. So if you can take another snap, if you can play another game, do it. Do it. And minus 46 Celsius is actually minus 50 Fahrenheit. The dials meet at minus 40. It goes the other way. Okay, gotcha. From uh, Eddie Benkowski watching from the Queen City, John Kirby in Edmonton says Tom's wife needs the money. I know you're joking, John, because Tom's wife has more money than Tom. Uh, James Henderson in Manitoba says Jets flames tomorrow. Pierre-Luc Dubois' first game. Lots of comments coming in here. So, But first, let's just take care of business. Coming up on the program today, TSN icon Dave Hodge. And I might add Hockey Night in Canada icon Dave Hodge. He was CBC powder blue blazer before any of these guys were even thought of. Big Dave Hodge fan here. He's coming up. And Bo LaCombo of the BC Lions, formerly by way of the Toronto Argonauts. Yes, we had some fun last night. It was the Super Bowl commercial that everybody was waiting for, for the RP show. Yes, Bo on the RP show, Bo LaCombo of the BC Lions. He asked uh, to come on, as a matter of fact, and we're very happy to have him. We will get Bo Levi. Don't worry, we'll get him. YouTube comments, let's go. James from Morden, Manitoba says a hello. Don Mitchell in Central, on or in... Uh, Bahrain says, congrats to the NFL GOAT. I'm just writing, hi, sending it. Let's get the YouTube comments pumping here, too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, quick six show topics, please, Jordan. Enough <laughs> lollygagging around here. Quick. So, number one, I guess we've been talking about Super Bowl 55. It was Tampa Bay 31, Kansas City 9, and... Yeah, I was happy. That's how the conversation started with a mailman. He said, what did you think of the Super Bowl? I said, I loved it. I'm a Tom Brady fan. I'm not saying I'm a Buccaneer jump on the bandwagon guy. I know three, maybe four Buccaneers fans, and I'll give them all credit. Two work at CTV. Derek Ryan, the general manager. Lee Jones, the CTV TSN. And I can't remember the third. Not very many Buccaneers fans around here. But Tom Brady fan here. And did the officiating cost the Chiefs? The Chiefs cost the Chiefs, but the officiating didn't help. I'm I'm willing to go along with that. There was some iffy calls, but you see that what people are saying on social media that the NFL wanted Tom Brady to win. I don't believe that for a second. I don't. I don't believe that for a second. Um, good enough game. Buccaneers were in control pretty much from the start, and it was going to be their day. So I enjoyed it. As a Tom Brady guy. But if I had money on the Chiefs, if I was a Chiefs fan, I could see how they'd be very upset. 
Oh, yeah. Completely upset. I mean, you can look at those calls and, 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 yeah, derailed a lot of their momentum. But, you know, as Patrick Mahomes is running for his life and still making great throws, um, there was bad drops, you know, no execution. He was hurried 38 times to Tom Brady's five. It was it was completely lopsided. And, yeah, those penalties did play a factor in the game for sure. But by no means did the Chiefs lose because of the, the officials. And you'll never convince me that they lost the game because of refing. They, they got beat and beat yeah. pretty bad in the football game. They gave up six first downs via penalty, the Chiefs did. Some of those pass interference were a little iffy. But you know what? If that was a regular season game, I don't think you're complaining as much as you are once it gets to a Super Bowl. But those same calls are made in the regular season. Yeah. It wasn't anything out of line, I don't think. No. They showed, you know, he ran, Mahomes ran something like 450 yards, you know, dropping back, scrambling around, and Tom Brady, it was like 30. So it was completely uh, one-sided. Tom Brady's passer rating was a Super Bowl record. He put up 140. This has been, and this was kind of old man Brady's mantra in the playoffs, right? was take care of business in the first half and then manage the game and get to the finish line in the second half, right? 140 yards, three touchdowns in the opening half, got the game secured. And then it was drive the ball, you know, run the clock out, make smart plays and get to the finish line in the second half. It was the same thing against green Bay did all his work in the first half. And then it was kind of hang on, just kind of be smart ish. I know he threw the picks, but you know, take care of business in the second half. So, I mean, it was it was it was Tom being Tom. Yeah, I don't. Not too many people are saying it was a terrible Super Bowl unless you were a Chiefs fan or had money on it and lost. I'm trying to uh, keep my mind on our business here in the warm up for the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Your home for the NFL viewer takeover is later on. How many times have I told people that? Mm-hmm. I know I've asked you to comment and please comment, but I can't comment on everybody's in this particular segment. Point two. The weekend at halftime, I'm giving it a six out of ten. I predicted that they would sing five. He would sing five songs. Up until recently, I thought it was a band, but I thought it would be five songs. I, it got around eight. It became a mismatch. The whole thing was a little weird. The House of Mirrors thing. What's going on here? Were they wearing underwear on their face? Were they social distancing in the House of Mirrors? So I finally kind of sat back with my wings and said, "I'm just gonna." Enjoy the music and not try to figure out what's going on. It got better as it went along. You think so? For me, it got better as it went along. The House of Mirrors thing was weird. And so at the beginning, I'm like, this is it? You know, for me, it's, it's not about necessarily how it sounds or who it is. You know, it's about, does it make you feel something, right? Is it a special moment? It just didn't give me that moment of making me feel something. You know, anything special at, at the halftime show. So that's why it won't rank for me on, on any list of top, uh. top halftimes. But it got better as it went along. Mike Kelly, football coach. Can you put the comment up from Mike Kelly, coach watching in Bathtub Beach, Florida, or that era, area, longtime CFL coach? Five-man protection with two backup tackles isn't a great idea unless your quarterback understands hot reads and number 15 doesn't. You can't improvise every play. No, Mahomes is under pressure all day. He looked not very Mahomes-ish. They're calling it the worst game of his career. Not a good time to have that. Moving along, point three, Dan O'Toole's rant Saturday on Facebook, or sorry, on Twitter. Dan O'Toole from Jay and Dan let go last week, and he really let Bell Media have it for the Bell Let's Talk initiative and saying, now they fire me. It's not very good for my mental health, and he went on a string. It was sad to see. I know Dan. I really like Dan. I wish he'd bit his tongue. Is it going to hurt his 
future chances of employment? I don't think so because he's very talented and he is a good person. If that means anything anymore, sometimes I wonder. And then Jay Onright on the first, what are they calling it now? The Jay Show? The, yeah, the sports, Jay? sports Center with Jay. Yeah, and listen, he's just as good a guy. Those two are like literally brothers from another mother. Mother, I watched the monologue on... Uh, Sports Center with Jay, and it was okay. He broke down. What's he going to say? He is in an incredibly tough spot here now, too. My guess is I've told people, and your phone's been going off, my phone's been going off. My guess is they brought Jay in and asked him to take a pay cut, and he obliged, and he still has a job. I'm not sure that Dan O'Toole was even offered that pay cut. I'm, I don't know the ins and outs of this whole. It's just ugly. Everything's ugly in sports and media, and let's move on. There's nothing nice to be said about it other than that. Point four, Edmonton's team name is down to a final seven. I see people have been writing in about it. Clark has a graphic on it. Uh, There's only one for me. There's only one, and you know what it is. Here's the final seven names. The Evergreens, the Eagles, the Elkhounds, the Eclipse, the Elk, the Evergolds, and the Elements. Some of those are just ruby red rotten. The Eclipse sounds like a 14-year-old club volleyball team. The Evergreens? Really? We make jokes about DBs that are Evergreens. Outside of... It's the Elk. End of story. Yeah. Outside of Eagles and Elk. There's already an Eagles. Were any of those on our on our bracket? <laughs> Not too many. None. No, it's bad. The Eclipse? Yeah. The Eclipse? Was Eclipse on here? Eclipse was. Was it? Element was. Not elements, but elements. It's the best of a bad lot. I'm moving on. Point five. Glenn Suter on CKRM's Sports Cage on Friday. Let loose. The headline at 3downnation.com. Glenn Suter fires off at petty team officials spreading conspiracy theories. You got to go read 3downnation.com. So, Suter, we all have a different take on that. We had a large socially distant staff meeting here before the show today. And everybody took something different out of what Suter said. Basically, Matthew Shinetti of TSN, sideline reporter, went on Edmonton radio and said he's getting text messages from CFL official team officials that are upset that other teams aren't adhering to the gentleman's agreement with regards to spending to the salary cap floor. Well, for one, nothing's been said. It's all been a whistle, a whisper about getting to the salary cap floor to avoid the tag of collusion. I don't know where to go with this. I guess like Glenn, Glenn saying, we all need to get together for the betterment of Canadian football. It may not survive the pandemic. It's not, I'm not talking about the CFL. I'm talking about Canadian football may die if we don't all come together. And the, ero- the foundation of trust is eroding. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yep. Suter is right about all of it. 100% Suter is right about that. I'll remind you that he is on a team rights holder radio station. So take that for what it's worth. I'm not saying he's lying about that or what should I say? Covering anything up. I don't, I don't believe any of that. Was he doing any of that? But when I heard there's a gentleman's agreement, I was like, <clears throat> it ain't going to work. So you actually think that everybody's going to come together in Canada for the betterment of of uh, the game, the sport, when they've been at each other's throats for a hundred years. I first appeared on the radio working in the CFL in 1991. Nothing's changed since. The owners lined up in the 90s to screw each other over. 
That's why we lost Ken Austin in Saskatchewan, by the way. Kids, I'll tell you a little story. Every team privately owned had a million-dollar quarterback. Matt Dunnigan, Damon Allen, Tracy Hamm, everybody but us. And here's Ken Austin, who's probably as good or better than all of them, going, all you can pay me is two hundred grand. I want out. So the Riders were shoveling money to all those teams across the country to pay for their million-dollar quarterbacks with crooks of owners. Look it up. We're doing the right thing, and those guys are going bankrupt, and our team's going in the crapper. We're having to have telethons to pay for them. They're all screwing each other. Now, the owners now in the CFL aren't crooks. I don't believe that. I think they're upstanding businessmen, all of them. But they're not in it for the league. They're in it for themselves. Factions in Canadian football across this country, different organizations are at each other's throats. In the media, we've reached out trying to work with other media. No, no thanks, not interested. And you all of a sudden are going to start working together. All of a sudden. There's no way. So Souter was right. This is what needs to happen. We got to adhere to the gentleman's agreement. <clears throat> we got to stop sending text messages to the media because we're butthurt. None of it's going to happen. That's why I'm very fearful for the future of the league because it's operated one way for 100 years. And just because Glenn Souter says so, they're going to change? Not happening. It never has happened. And track record... We'll prove it, right? Recent history will prove it. Think of every time you try and pull something like this off. It never happens. I mean, we do it all the time, right? Think about playing a board game as kids, playing Monopoly. You play a game of risk. Look at, don't attack me, and I won't attack you. And then what happens? You're weak all of a sudden. I turn my guns on you and take you out and win, right? Like, it just, it's not going to work. Not in a competitive business, right? In a competitive industry, in sport. You can't, you can't expect it. That's just blind romance. <laughs> Sorry, I like what Suter's saying. It's not going to happen. Anyways, this has been the warm-up. We didn't even get to point six, which is NHL leftovers. Didn't even get to it. It was a big football weekend, obviously, but the winners on Sunday were Philadelphia, Detroit, Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights, Chicago and Carolina. Torts is upset at officiating. Dave Hodge is lined up to join us next. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show, coast to coast on Game Plus TV Network in all 10 provinces in 31 states. Live daily on YouTube and Facebook. And listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. Canada's daytime sports talk show continues. And uh, you saw the buffet of topics in the Quick Six show topics. I invite you to write in your comments on Facebook and YouTube or the Prairie Mobile text line, Ray in the Six. Writes in at 840-8770. He says, hey, Rod, I was sick of watching the Leafs pound the crap out of Vancouver Saturday night. So I took advantage of the AHL TV free weekend. I watched your Vegas Golden Knights affiliate play the Silver Knights. It was nice to see all the young kids and top prospects who should be playing junior. And how about TB12? In a word, wow. Thank you, Ray, in the 416. And actually, that's where we'll open up with Dave Hodge joining us today from the six. Morning, Dave. Hey, I'm going to open up with Good you. Good morning. The most... it's... Yeah, go ahead. Sunny and 
very cold. <laughs> Not minus 46, I don't think like it is here. But Dave, I'm going to open Sunny with... and somewhat cold. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. The broadest question, what did you think of Super Bowl 55? Well, the game was a dud, uh, but it told a remarkable story that um, we have to... Uh, we have to enjoy, I think, just for seeing it unfold as it has, whether you like Tom Brady or not, is the same as whether you like Tiger Woods or not, Wayne Gretzky, Roger Federer. Uh, this guy has been and continues to be amazing. And, uh, yeah, the defense really won it for, for Tampa Bay, but they're not winning the Super Bowl without, without Tom Brady. And how many people... When he decided uh, and New England decided that the time was up for Brady to be the Patriots quarterback and Tom Brady said, I'm going to go to Tampa Bay and be the quarterback for the Buccaneers. How many people thought um, it would uh, evolve like this? How many people thought it would wind up with embarrassment for Tom Brady and all of us saying, you know what, why didn't you do the smart thing in your 40s retire with six Super Bowl rings and be lauded as one of the greatest of all time. Wasn't good enough for Tom Brady, and that's why he's great. Well, and I now wonder where you fall on the Tom Brady thing. You said whether you like him or not. There was a TSN anchor this morning saying it's sickening how much he wins and this kind of thing. And I, I love the Gretzkys and the Michael Jordans. Because it's so heavy as the head that wears the crown, as they say, Dave. Like, it's not easy for them. And I don't think people realize that. Where do you fall on Tom Brady? Well, I admire what he's done, as I say. I'll, I'll just uh, give you a little history lesson. Um, my hero growing up, I'm going back too far for many of your audience, I know, but was Johnny Unitas. And uh, at the end of his career, he and the Baltimore Colts fell out of favor with each other. And he was traded to San Diego, and he lost his first game with, uh, with the Chargers, 38 to nothing, and he retired a year later. Joe Namath, the hero of what I think is the most uh, famous Super Bowl of all time, because I guarantee it is something that we'll never forget, was waived by the Jets and decided to sign with the Los Angeles Rams. Started four games, was benched, retired, a year later, both of them, Unitas and Namath, broken down old quarterbacks that should have known better and retired in Baltimore, where Unitas is concerned, and New York for Namath. Tom Brady did, did it differently. And that was the story of last night's Super Bowl. Tom Brady proved everybody that thought he was making a mistake very wrong and proved everybody that thought the Chiefs would win easily because their offense couldn't be stopped. Brady was part of proving that wrong too because the defense, um, Tom Brady doesn't play defense, but Tom Brady had something to do with everything that Tampa Bay did right. And that was telling Tampa Bay that they were good enough to win, that they would win, and that they should play with that in mind. And that's, that's what we saw. We saw a team confident, aggressive, and from the very start, even though they went down 3 nothing, um, didn't have uh, any trouble at all winning a game easily 
And that was a surprise. I mean, I don't know anybody that has thought that the game would be a, a blowout one way or the other. But uh, that's what it was. And the Super Bowl at, that is over before the fourth quarter starts or earlier uh, isn't a good Super Bowl. But it's it's a terrific story. I'll, I'll, I'll add one stat, and I assume it's correct because it's on Twitter. <laughs> but out of Boston came a stat that said Tom Brady has played 344 regular season and playoff games. In the first half of those, um, which is 172, uh, if I'm doing my math correctly, his winning percentage was 767. In the second half of his career, winning percentage 767. Now, apart from <laughs> proving how consistent he is, uh, that's one of those stats you can't make up. And um, it's those stats are going to change because he's coming back. Yeah. Well, here's one for you, Dave. One guy that predicted a Buccaneer route was John Lynch, the Saskatchewan Hall of Fame (laughs) broadcaster from the Rough Riders. You know John Frenzy well. Um, But I got to ask you this. I'm rare in the media. I have a right-wing pro-business mentality. I wonder where you – I love the fact that the NFL was plowing through. They were going to play no matter what, and they accomplished it. Where are you on the fact that they just weren't going to take a knee for a virus and that they played? Uh, I think, um, I, I think you have to realize that these leagues are, are bound to try. Um, I, I think where criticism can apply is if you think that they're not trying hard enough to be safe enough. Um, we keep hearing that, uh, well, I'll use the NHL for an example, that they are uh, operating uh, with an abundance of caution. Uh, and 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 safety for the for the players. Um, I, I think they're operating with an abundance of hope, and that can cause problems. And I think it was true for baseball and you know any sport. Basketball seems to have uh, uh, avoided some of the problems. Hey, can you explain, please explain to me why no Canadian division? as I call it, the Canadian division, why no Canadian division games have been postponed. Why they didn't do what? I couldn't hear you. You broke up. Why no games in the Canadian division, as I like to call it, have been postponed mm. because oh. of because of uh, COVID. And all of the NHL postponements have occurred in the other three divisions, which, granted, uh, you know, they include a lot more teams, but... Um, the NHL has to have some kind of explanation for that. Not that I think they would give it to us, but I'd love to hear one. It's You just said it. It's the overabundance of caution, which has kept people safe in Canada. Trust me, I get it. And another old buddy of yours, Tiger Williams, I talked to him for an hour the other night, and Tiger is as right-wing as they come. He says, you don't want to go to Arizona or California. You might get this thing. He goes, we're safer up here, period. That's what it comes down to. But it's still remarkable that, you know, all of the postponements would come in the United States and none would come in Canada. I can I can get 80% of the postponements in the other three divisions and, and a few in, in, uh, in the North Division. But um, I think it's hard to explain, unless you're going to tell me that the seven Canadian teams 
are doing things that the uh, the American teams are not doing, um, it would uh, it, it boggles the mind, really. And as I say, if the NHL hasn't uh, investigated this to find out, should we be doing things in the U.S. that they're doing in Canada? And if so, what are they? Then I'd be amazed. Um, but as I say, I'd also be amazed that they tell you what they found out. <laughs> yes, well, you know how that works. But I don't know. I talked to people in Winnipeg, Toronto, and Hamilton on the weekend. They're in complete, total lockdown. You know, restaurants aren't mm-hmm. open, that kind of thing. And in America, they're rolling like normal. There's your answer. Well, um, yeah, then um, then the NHL would need to be stricter with with the protocol uh, with the U.S. teams. And, and you know, taking glass out from behind the bench and talking about uh, um, – uh, machines that would uh, uh, distribute uh, the air better. Uh, if that's a good idea now, which I think it is, uh, you know, my, my dentist's office had one of those uh, uh, air, I don't know what you call it anyway, it's got a HEPA filter or something. Uh, I'm not good with the technical names, but, I had, you know, enclosed space um, and the ventilation is very important. Well, right from the start, that was that was necessary in a dentist's office. Um, if the NHL decides now that it's uh, a good thing and would help, then it probably should have been investigating that sort of an idea earlier. I, I, I don't know how much how much uh, study was done to make sure that they didn't have all these postponements and that these problems would not occur. Uh, it's I, I guess it's easy to point fingers and say you guys. You know, you guys haven't done done it properly, um, but you can't tell me that they said, "Well, it's inevitable. We're going to have 22, 24 games postponed or whatever." They they surely were thinking they could do better than that, or as I say, hoping. Well, I've talked to those teams. I'm not going to say which one in America. They're it's a pain for them to remove their glass. They've already sold the tickets behind the net or behind the benches. So their complaint is that the health officials and NHL health officials are making it up as they go along. And I don't know that that is uh, an incorrect assessment by them, but it's a, unless you have a comment on that, do you want to talk about uh, the Leafs? They got the Canucks again tonight is Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. I'll I'll give you the line of the day. When you, when you said removing glass would be a pain, but (laughs) sorry. Thank you. Anyway, (laughs) jot jot that down. Uh, no, I think, uh, you know, I think these three-game series um, threaten to um, have everybody go, you know, we're going to see in the four, in the third game of Canucks versus the Leafs exactly what we've seen in the first two, uh, except for the fact Wayne Simmons isn't there to score uh, a power play goal because of a, a broken wrist. But, um, you know, the Leafs have, have embarrassed the Canucks. Uh, the Leafs are one of the best teams in the league. Uh, pretty hard to to compare when uh, they're only playing six other teams all season long, but they have looked really good, and so have so the Montreal Canadiens. I have a theory about uh, the Leafs, since you want to talk about the Leafs, yeah. that, um, and, and it involves Wayne Simmons, actually. I think the Leafs uh, – a year ago and in, and in past years, we're looking up at Boston and Tampa Bay and saying we're in the toughest division in the league for us. We can't beat the Bruins in the playoffs. 
And uh, Tampa Bay is a team that's capable of winning the Stanley Cup and, in fact, did that uh, last season. As soon as the Canadian division was uh, was announced, as soon as the, the reshuffling of divisions uh, came about, um, I'm going to bet you, uh, I can't prove this, uh, but I'm going to, and again, they wouldn't admit it, but I'll bet you that the Leafs brass said, who are we looking up at now? And the answer that would come to them uh, would be nobody. Uh, we're going to go for this, and we're going to add a guy like, Wayne Simmons, who is a guy that teams add when they think they've got a shot at winning the Stanley Cup, an otherwise fairly young team that can use a, a veteran who can do what he does. Not that they, not that if everything had stayed the same, that Wayne Simmons wouldn't have appealed to them. But I think the Leafs loved the, the division realignment and thought that they could win it, thought that they were favored, should be favored. I think there's little doubt that that uh, that was the case. Anybody looking at it, who else are you going to favor to win the uh, to finish first in the in the North Division? So um, I think the Leafs are loving this. I had Calgary, and they have not lived up to that. We got a lot of hockey to go, uh, but it's been fantastic. And as you said, Leafs Canucks tonight. Dave, we have to run. As always, I appreciate uh, the insight, the history lesson, and uh, stay safe out there. Okay, and uh, Tom Brady doesn't bother me at all. Good. <laughs> That's two of us. The great Dave Hodge joining us. We're going to go to the full shot here. we got the Tom Brady uh, bunny hug on the table. Oh, Do you yeah. want to hold that up? Sure, absolutely. Along with uh, Andre the Moose there. Yep. There you go. Tom, TB12, we're, we're keeping that up in the honor of Tom Brady today. For sure. Yeah, you can't One even reach day. the photo with Tom. Anyways, oh, yeah. we're late for a break. we got a sports update coming up and uh, viewer takeover. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV across 10 provinces and 31 states on Game Plus Network. Also live daily on YouTube and Facebook and listen live at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rod. All right, welcome back, everybody. And I get the sense that uh, everybody wants to talk. They want to weigh in on what went down over the weekend. And so we'll start viewer takeover early. But a sports update. Tom Brady threw three touchdown passes and uh, 201 passing yards and a 31-9 Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. Brady was named Super Bowl MVP. Brooks Kepka scored an eagle on the 17th hole en route to a victory at the Phoenix Open, the Waste Management Open. Kepka entered the final round five strokes behind co-leaders Jordan Spieth and Alexander Schofel. Listowel Ontario's Corey Connors finished in a tie for 17th after shooting a four under 67 Sunday. Pierre-Luc Dubois. The French seem to say it differently than us squareheads, as the French refer to us. Anglophones. Did you know that? Pierre-Luc Dubois. Pierre-Luc Dubois. They say it differently than we do. <laughs> yeah. Almost sounds like a different person. Right? Anyways, he's finally practiced with his new team, the Winnipeg Jets. 
The 22-year-old center was acquired from Columbus last month, but he had to, to quarantine for two weeks due to Manitoba's COVID-19 regulations. Carolina Hurricanes edged the Columbus Blue Jackets 6-5 Sunday, but the game wasn't without some controversy. Carolina got a goal from Vincent Trocek that was initially challenged by Blue Jackets head coach John Tortorella for offside. The referees deemed it wasn't, handed the Blue Jackets a penalty for delay of game. Officials then reversed their original ruling and rescinded the remaining 45 seconds of the penalty, but didn't overturn the goal. Please discuss amongst yourselves the sports update for Ballers Rec Room. They can handle all your food and fun needs. Visit their website at ballersrecroom.com. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. I'm just checking the comments here. I don't know where to go. I guess... Stick with us. We are the hosts of the show here. And I'll go back and forth with the text line here. But there's a lot of complaining about the officiating in the Super Bowl. And then you see John Tortorella. Like, he makes a really good point. Yeah. Did you see his point? Well, I didn't watch his his point about the officials. But I can I can see both sides of it. If you're if you're on the side of the officials impacting the game and, and being a factor, or if you're not, I can I can wrap my head around both sides. So here's my point on that: two or three of the last Blue Jackets games, officiating's come into question, and they've been screwed in each and every one of them. So the offic- the media last night, the media after the game said, "John, what do you think about this latest?" And he's like, "I'm just I'm just going to wait to hear from the league." Because obviously they weren't going to call him in right after the game before he had his media. And then with the Chiefs last night and the questionable calls there and the pass interference, listen, I am was pro-Brady, but I get where the Chiefs are coming from. Yeah, they had their own problems, their own after-the-play penalties, their own pre-snap penalties that hurt them. But they didn't need the officials jumping on them too. And my point is this. At what point do you go with the officials' side? And I've talked to all those guys at length. They're like, hey, we're not perfect. We're at 97%. I get that. Human beings aren't perfect. But what Tortorella said yesterday, actually it was the second last game, and I've been saying it for years, we have all the technology. So there's no excuse. You take that human element aside. It's black and white when you're slowing it down frame by frame by frame. My point is this. Do we just shrug our shoulders and go, eh, that's football or that's hockey? Or do we need to continue to put heat on the officiating head offices and the refs themselves because it is costing games and costing championships? I lean towards, you know what, you just got to get over it. But it's very hard when you are the one getting screwed over. (laughs) We know that. It's very hard when you're the ones getting screwed over. But you do. You have to get over it. You just have to get over it. And that's a mindset game, right? A mindset game that, you know, you're in control, not external forces. You know, you didn't see really, I mean, you saw it a little bit, but Aaron Rodgers wasn't complaining about the officials two weeks ago. No, he didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. And in the game, his body language wasn't upset about, about calls, even if he knew, right, that he was getting screwed. He knew that he can still win the game. Mahomes can still win the game. Once you flip your mind and get to a point where you understand that you control everything and that... Even the other team doesn't play a factor or the officials don't play a factor, no matter how bad they are or how much it seems like or that they are screwing you over. Once you get your mind there, you'll be in a much better place. But you have to get over it because, well, it's the bad, bad, slippery slope. I'm glad you brought that up. And the comments coming in are great. 
Chris Bird in Toronto. How much time do we invest in a game to review calls on the field slash ice? They don't have that down yet. When they first brought this in and they were taking five minutes to review an icing, I'm changing channels, man, mm. and I'm not coming back. So they got to get that figured out. Mark Zosel says there were a couple questionable calls against the Chiefs, but they shot themselves in the foot with the others. That's the thing. If the Chiefs are blaming anybody but themselves, then it's – and that's what football people do, then they're the ones at fault. Right. The officiating wasn't great, but if you need to over – if you're good enough, you're as good as everybody thinks you are, then you should have been able to come over that or you, get over that. If you're going to technology too, then you got to call everything. Everything. So that means everything that they called in the Chiefs yeah. was going to get called and then a whole lot more. And you know when they say there's holding on every play? Yeah. There it, is. It would be like it would be like going through sludge. So that's I'm loath to even listen to people bitch about officiating. I'll give coaches and players maybe an hour after the game. But fans, not at all. But it is such a huge part of the game. It's always going to be there. So we can't move on. But I just remember 2003 WHL playoffs. The Pats got screwed hard by the league and the officials against the Brandon Wheat Kings. And I'll bring up some names. Jordan Tutu, Clinton Orr, Josh Harding. Remember these guys? And we lost in a series that was just taken straight away from us. There's no doubt. And Bobby Lowe's was our coach. And like months later, we're at the draft in Calgary, downtown at the keg the night before the draft. And I'm just ranting and raving and like pounding the table that we got screwed. And we didn't, we split in Brandon. We shouldn't have, we, we should have been swept, but we split the first two. We had a chance in that. And the league took it away. Matt Hubbar and Bobby Lowe's, who's now working for the Golden Knights, literally looked at me and he's like, you got to get over it, man. And he was the coach. He was our coach. And I couldn't get over it. So all I'm saying is you can bitch about it for a time, but you just need to get over it for your own peace. Yeah. Or you'll carry that to the grave. And the Tortorella thing, I mean, it was the goal against uh, Carolina, I think. Um, And it was an ice trainee or an arena trainee that made the mistake that led to the goal. And they didn't take it away. You know, I'm hearing now because um, there's no precedent to take away a goal based on an arena problem. So I understand why Tortorella's upset, but it's tough. Uh, Cooper Campbell's watching in Mississippi. He says, teasing me thinking Bo Levi's coming on isn't fair, buddy. Just kidding. Hey, listen, Bo is coming up next hour. Bo Lacombo, the BC Lions. I had one of our sponsors say it was genius marketing. I have no issues with it. And we'll get Bo Levi. We'll come back with a full-on viewer takeover plus CFL report. we got to talk about Chris Jones coming back to the CFL because some people don't like it, don't even like to talk of it. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, live daily on YouTube and Facebook, and listen live at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. And the dupes. The moose. Thank you, Thank you uh, Todd Pinkney, for that. We're full on 
viewer takeover. Phil Gross, Phil, you need to go for a run. I know it's minus 46. You need to back away from your keyboard. This guy's so upset about the officiating in the game. I get it. Speaking of moving on. Um, so it's viewer takeover, okay? So between Facebook and YouTube, J.P.R. Ducarm says, Rod, you are the only CFL fan who wants Chris Jones back in the league. And it just slipped off. The, uh, the rest of us would rather invest in coaches who intend to stay a while. That's your opinion, and that's cool. From JP, hang on. I know you got thoughts on that. We got so many. Yeesh. Mandy Edmonton said something about jumping back to the NFL and over the fence. And there's so many comments I can barely keep my mind oh. on all of them. You had a point. Well, how long did uh, it came up? What in the last couple of weeks with Chris Jones coming in here? That the the, the longest tenured rider coaches. Like there hasn't been long tenures. No. Right. I mean, what like three? If a coach is here for three years, that's a long time. In Saskatchewan. Blake says, I want him back. Blake Brown says, I want him back. From Caesar, it wasn't the officiating. The Bucks defense played insanely well, pressuring Mahomes. Give the teams some credit. Just on the Chris Jones thing, because I had a football guy from Orlando tweet at me today. Sammy. And yeah, he's a Jones guy. Okay, fair enough. He works for the Ottawa's. He's a scout. Sammy writes this. A player leaves the CFL for the NFL. He's celebrated. Oftentimes, they come back to the CFL welcomed with open arms. When a coach leaves for the NFL, he's crucified. Tell me how that works. Both parties came to the league, did what they had to do to make the jump, and then tagged at Rod Peterson. A lot of this, I said, Sammy, I wouldn't worry about it too much. A lot of it is jealousy. And let's think about this for one second. It's a Jones thing. It's not a going to the NFL and back thing. Tressman did it. Nobody cared. They welcomed him back from the Bears to win a Grey Cup with the Argos. Scott Milanovic left here, went to the Jags, came back to Edmonton. Now he's back to the... It happens all the time. It's that they don't like Jones. And why they don't like Jones, we're talking about the fans, is their own problem. I think they're intimidated by the guy. Very early on with Chris Jones, I never, ever, ever had a problem with him, even when I was with the Rough Riders and he was with other teams, because I could smell a mile away, he's my kind of guy. He says what's on his mind. If you don't like it, beat it. He's not one of those, what do I call him, grin F yeah. guys. I can shake your hand. I, I'm friends with you. And as soon as you leave the room, uh, knife in the back. He's not that. So I like him. People don't like a straight from the uh, shoot from the hip kind of guy. Like Wally Buono's like that. Don Matthews like that. We don't want a guy that had been in the NFL because we want a guy that's going to stay here his whole career. We'll take the lesser coach. Think about that for a second. I know. Nice thinking there. It's tough. And, and it's kind of the Tom Brady effect in Tampa Bay too, right? And you heard Bruce Arians come out and say it uh, later on in some of the postgame uh, press conferences and interviews that he's done um, in, you know, in the last 12 hours when he talked about Tom Brady came in here and took a team – with a lot of talent and taught us how to win, which means he taught us how to dig deep out of, you know, the, the, the tough part of football, the work you have to put in, it takes a lot of discomfort to have success. And we, we're not trained for discomfort, right? Our minds just want to go to what's comfortable, not what's uncomfortable, but uncomfortable is what achieves uncommon, what achieves winning, right? Easy, um, 
is what you're trained, your brain wants to go to easy all the time. And Tom, you know, forces you out of that. And that's what these tough coaches do. Yeah. And well, Jones is a winner. Brady is a winner, obviously. Look at all these comments. Rick Haglund says Jones is not Buono. He hasn't been around long enough. He hasn't been a head coach long enough. If Jones stayed long enough, he probably would have a chance to challenge for career wins. But he wants back. Holy, somebody said um, you can't blame a guy for wanting to do what's better for his family. Financially, I think he took a significant pay cut to go to Cleveland. But it's the league. He knew that. He could stay in the CFL forever and make high six figures or go to the National Football League and take his chances. Boy, oh boy. There's one thing about Jones. He's a little like Deron Carter and a little like myself. Anytime they're in the headlines, people's heads pop off. For and against, right? But there's just something about a polarizing personality, and that's Chris Jones. By the way, Dylan McDonald writes that he says, Game Plus used to play the show The League. Such a great show. I have the box set of the series on DVD. I'm not a huge football fan, but the show is hilarious and awesome. Don't we still show The League on oh, Game yeah. Plus? Wonderful show. show. Yeah. Mark Duplo's in it. It's still uh, on. Amazing. But that's sports fans passionate, right? Whether you're passionate about the officials or passionate about the players. Coming up in hour two, Bo LaCombo of the BC Lions. More Super Bowl talk. We'll get around to some NHL and Chris Jones. Thanks to Dave Hodge here in hour one. We'll see you in hour two after this break. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.